Hi and welcome to episode 34 of Bjorfest Brewers Roundtables. So this week we have something really special for you. Um, we're discussing barrels in all their shapes, how the, all their uses and everything to do with basically barrel aging in beer. Um, it's a complex topic. Uh, it's something that we have some real experts here and there's, we learn a, a huge amount from these people. So briefly to introduce you before we, we start, um, we have Alex from ASC Barrels, a cooperage and broker in uh, the south of France. The, well, around Normandy, actually. Um, very, very expert, very passionate about barrels. We also have Samuel from Brasseria della Fonte in Italy. Um, we have Andre from Zmaschka Pivovora in Croatia. And we have Brett from Wild Beer Company in England. Um, these people know their, know their barrels, know their beers. Um, they've been at it a long time. And there's some really interesting, some really insightful stuff in here that I think you'll find hopefully as fascinating as i did um it was a great great chat and i hope you'll enjoy it um as usual if you'd prefer to see the video it is available at bjorfest.com where you can also register and join in any of our future sessions if you want to for free of course um and yeah while you're there just check that out check out everything and in the meantime let's talk beer So, hi, welcome to everyone today um, who's taking part. Hopefully, we're we're going to have one more person joining in, and we'll have a few people coming to, to ask questions. So, um, right, so we're talking about barrels today, um, and I have three people at least who know quite a lot <laughs> about barrels, um, and we may have a fourth joining us if all goes well. Um, so, I'll just start here. We have just been below me here. We have Samuel from Brasseria della Fonte in the Tuscan countryside in Italy. Um, you're, you're, are you, you're relatively new. Yes. You're, you're relative. Yeah. But you started barrel aging kind of like with a jump. You went from zero to 35 barrels, I think. <laughs> no, oh. um, I have in my brewery. Uh, yes. Now we are around the 35 barrels, just the spirit barrels. But, uh, when I started to brew, uh, in my small brewery, um, I just started with the classic line beer, uh, uh, lagers, uh, IPAs, or a golden ale, or something like this, and the, um, the barrels come later, uh, after about two or three years. And uh, during this time, I uh, add new barrels, new recipes, new beers. And uh, from uh, three, four years to now, uh, I have just thirty-five barrels because uh, I don't have any space to to store them. Okay. For now. <laughs> Second, I just gonna try and bring okay, sorry about this. Um I just sort of think trying to bring Alex up here. And okay, so sorry, uh, I just got distracted there. So yeah, so you're you're ready if you knew, but you're I mean that's a good start. And you Zmashka, Andre and Zmashka, you're in Croatia. You're yeah you were first you were one of the first brewers in Croatia, if, if not the first, were you? Yeah, we were us and Olarunda we started after the summer two thousand fourteen. So yeah, we are the first breweries, craft breweries that opened in a while in Croatia. You know, before us, 15 to 20 years, no breweries opened. So we are new generation of brewers, okay. I would say. Yeah, we started uh, 
regular pale ale and porter just to introduce craft beer to the market that was accustomed to macro lagers. And uh, it was quite a thing, you know, it was difficult to introduce those beers, but year and a half or something into brewing, just two styles, we introduced IPA and then almost immediately brewed Russian Imperial Stout that we knew we're going to age at least part of it <clears throat> in barrels. I knew that, you know, you have, if you want to, with barrel aging, it's all about time. So the sooner you start, the better. So yeah, that's, that's the first beer we did. It's, uh, it was barrel aged 10% beer rather. I mean, for the market, it was complex, but it was proper Russian Imperial Stout. We used uh, Slyris uh, X whiskey barrels, so we filled those four. And, well, from those four barrels, it started. Now we have about 25 to 30 barrels with some of those are clean and many of those are mixed, bread, wild, all kinds of stuff. Okay, yeah, that's something I want to, to yeah. ask about later, but maybe we'll just get around to, to Brett up there in Wild Beer Company as well. So I'm... Um... Actually, Brett, the first thing I have to ask you, did you have any choice in what your, your, your life was going to be with your first name there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not not too much, I don't think. It's a, it's a nomen omen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, but also, I'm, I'm from California, and I live in England, and Brett also mean, it, it came from uh, Britain, or man from Britain. So, oh. born in California and ended up in England, and a my name's Brett, and I've ended up working with Britannomyces, and so it's very—it's a double, <laughs> double one. You had no hope at all, did you? No, very <laughs> obvious. So tell us, you're, you're like you—you've got out of this. You've got some like six hundred barrels. You're, you're yeah, working. yeah, and they've—they've uh, they've come. We've brought it down in number. We're probably more around four, four and a half, or how do you say that? Four hundred and fifty. There we go. Um, to five hundred. Um, just we, through COVID, we, we have not really needed to fill barrels. It's, it, and, and the market has really shifted in the last four years. And so as a, as a business, we try to do everything for two reasons. We're a balance of fun and business. Uh, don't do it just for business and don't do it just for fun. Do it, do it because right. it makes sense for both. And there's going to be a happy medium in there and keep you motivated and question and curiosity going. Um, but that was 10 years ago when we started. Um, this is our 10th anniversary this year. Um, and we started with three oak barrels. They were, uh, I wanted one of them to be a wine barrel, but we could only get three bourbon barrels at that time, at which point they cost about 60 pounds each. And now bourbon barrels are 180 to 200 barrels, 200 pounds, sorry, each. So the price has really skyrocketed in 10 years. Um, but we're now, yeah, up, up to that amount. We do mostly wild and sour beer in barrels, very minimal, clean barrel aging, uh, but some. And uh, yeah, that's an introduction. Perfect. Um, actually, just you mentioned the price there, so I bring that back around because I read somewhere, I don't know whether it's true or not, but that really like the big explosion in breweries barrel aging came because... You need new bourbon barrel bourbon makers need new barrels every year or something, and suddenly they 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 were making more bourbon, so there was a big glut of. Uh, that's, that's what I read, but then that doesn't seem to match up with 
the price is going up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's there's always been a, a market for for bourbon barrels, whether that be planters or whether that be Scotch whiskey or or um, turning them into. So often, what happens over here is they get to uh, a, a cooperage and they will break the barrels down um, or they will receive them all broken down and then they'll um, put a new head on it and make the barrel go from 200 liters up to 225 or so and that's what you see on a whiskey barrel they're there so like a, a bourbon barrel might be for, for instance like that that diameter but a whiskey barrel will be a little bit bigger because they've 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 put a couple extra staves in they kind of redesigned the barrel a little bit so there's always been that market and I, I, I think the US brewers really showed the way on using whiskey. Using I think of that as a new world kind of sour making, sour beer is is usually the Kention, you know, the the Drayfontaine, the old classic sour barrels. You're not looking for flavor from the barrel, you're looking for the microbes. But the new world of barrel aging or new world of sour you're looking for a balance of the old flavor of the liquid and the oak and the beer. Okay. So that balance all that stuff. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I, I suppose that's where I was coming at this part of is I, I don't fully understand the, you know, what kind of you have, like, like you basically have it split in the, the market between aging stouts and then the kind of the sours, the from the wild ones so that's so so would that be like more of a barrel aging and a barrel fermenting or is it do you uh, also just age wild beers in there without fermenting them yeah was, was that just to me or is that andre as well just to anybody who yeah. has a clue well i don't know i mean for me barrel i mean it's always barrel aging but yeah on wild stuff you get some fermentation depends on the beer i mean some of the beers uh i mean we didn't do it a lot because <clears throat> I don't have the setup, but we usually do the primer with sock yeast and then fill that into the barrel. So, yeah, you do get one year of fermentation or more. In that barrel, it's definitely fermentation with the wild critters and bread yeast. Certainly, that kind of processes are going on compared to completely clean uh, beers, stouts, barley wines that are barrel-aged, where minimum amount of uh, i would say yeast activity or microbe activity is going on you get more of chemical reactions microoxidation that we look for and love i mean this is the one of the things that i on some of those strong beers like nothing i mean oxygen actually helps but you have to add really tiny amount which means good wooden barrel during the period of year long will introduce just enough oxygen to balance the beer and stuff. I mean, that's my opinion. That's what we see in our beers that what we see in beers that overage in a barrel. We did get that. We didn't take care of some of the barrels. We didn't empty the barrels on time. And we did, I mean, we didn't get a beer out of those. We had to sort of dump it or do something else with it. It was not, I mean, it, it had some of the beer we did. It had a peak. We sort of we said, okay, we'll do it. We'll bottle it next month. And then next month was six months later. Some of those beers didn't really taste as we wanted anymore. So actually, we didn't bottle it. So you can overdo as well. But I mean, we, I do have experience for 
almost five, six years with barrels, but not that much. Of, I mean, I don't have 450 barrels <laughs> like Brad does. So yeah. no need for having my own cooperage, I guess. Yeah. We, we, we also have five fooders, so large yeah. oak uh, tanks as well. Yeah. So I was just thinking of that. And at first I thought, uh, we don't do too much fermenting in oak barrel anymore. We did. Uh, but actually, I, I, lie, I was realizing that actually we, we, do, we have a cool ship program where we do spontaneous ale. Um, and, and that's completely fermented in oak barrel. I have one here tonight, to this afternoon that I'll crack open and try while we're, while we're going. But, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Samuel? Have you, you you've been focusing on barrel aging stouts, is it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I do. Right. Do you, do you have an interest in doing that as kind of the wild fermentation mix that side of it, or do you want to? Are you? Are you still, do you think you're still learning about the? <laughs> no. In in reality, uh, I also worked in the past uh, with uh, red wine barrels for um, for barrel aging the farmhouses. Uh, I I have a farm brewery, so uh, I grow my hops. I grow my my barley. And uh, I live in a countryside. Also here, the the farmhouse uh, beers are uh, uh, very very important beers uh, around around my area. And uh, I have access to very bar- uh, good barrique uh, from uh, from winery that uh, that are around me. Uh, I brew uh, farmhouses uh, for about uh, three years, two years or three, and um, barrel aged them. Uh, but in reality, uh, they they I understand that they are not my uh, favorite style of beers because um, I don't invest uh, my my time, my my money, my interesting uh, in uh, in this kind of beer. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but uh, mm, w- with the time, uh, I just um, uh, stop to to brew farmhouses and. Uh, Bottling what uh, what I have uh, for now, and bottling what is uh, good, uh, what is not what is not good, uh, I throw uh, throw away. And uh, I just love to to work with fruit uh, because uh, around my area I can find uh, a lot of sherry, uh, uh, for example, or uh, apricots, and uh, I work with them uh, with the barrel and barrel aged farmhouses with good results result, but. Uh, uh, I just stopped to to brew farmhouse because uh, uh, my this is not my favorite business, uh, and uh, it, uh, it's just my my opinion. <laughs> I prefer to focus my uh, my time, uh, my investment in the barrel aged uh, black beer or uh, big beers. My my equipment uh, that I um, that I have in the brewery. Is um, it was um, built uh, oppositely for a high plateau. Oh, it goes. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a bit. But we're having a few people with connecting problems today. But at least the two of you seem okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so coming back. So, like, I guess if so, so if it breaks down according to kind of the the kind of the farmhouse or the wild beers, and then you're looking at the the stouts and that. So. I mean, you you hinted at it there, better, or actually you said it straight out. But um, typically <laughs> the dogs go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Every five minutes, uh, my my connection uh, go go away. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's no problem. But um, Brett, you were saying there about that, you know, typically old world was just the, more about what was in the barrel that the organisms, whereas it's now a mixture of trying to get the what was in it before for, with the wood and with maybe with the organisms. So yeah. am I right in that most of the aging black beers, not the organisms like the yeast are not important. It's mainly about getting the, the taste of the wood and the, the previous alcohol. Yeah, that that's, that's very much so. Um, we do a few, uh, we do two uh, Imperial stouts that uh, will, we, well, I should say we blend two Imperial stouts a year that are like more like brand, you know, regularly. Uh, one of which is all about what Sorry. we're talking about is, is, the interplay of the spirit and the beer. Um, and then the other one is actually uh, aged in wine barrels. And we are looking for some acid. It's not like a full on sour beer, but um, so those two beers, one is called Babs or barrel aged, barrel aged blended stout. And that's looking for like bringing and building complexity through blending. Um, and we we brew multiple different imperial stouts at different strengths and different malt okay. recipes. Um, age them in different types of barrels, urban or um, uh, cognac, whiskey. And then when it comes time to blend it, it will be selecting to create a complexity. Um, and that makes a beautiful long drink, not long drink, long flavor. Um, or... The other one is called Whiny Beast, and we this is a smoother imperial stout, not as bitter, um, with some good notes of chocolate, but we get some acidity from lactobacillus um, and from the organisms from the wine, um, and that beer is blended to be really beautiful and balanced and complex, um, kind of the way I describe it. When we're blending it, we're looking for some cherry notes, some chocolate, some cocoa, um, but also and but also those tannins from the wine barrels. So that's an example of one that is looking for organisms and one that isn't. Okay. Um, very very different. Um, and so for us, for me, on doing beer with barrel is a huge opportunity that most breweries don't have, which is in blending. And so I think for um, Andre and, and Samuel, they, 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 and myself, like, you know, we don't, when you put beer in oak, multiple oak barrels, you're no longer just, you're not just confined to having one batch of beer in one tank that you put into bottle or keg. Yeah. You now have 12 barrels that you can, you can select these six. And then also you can select these three from a different batch that's older to bring in some riper, more Venice yeah. kind of barley wine notes, you right. know, or you can exclude, it's like, wow, this batch was really bitter. So let's, let's include some fresh kind of lower, lower bitterness stout to kind of tone that bitterness down. So you have an opportunity, not only when you're writing the recipe and on the brew day, but you also have an opportunity to build flavor and create your final beer by blending. Yeah. We did one such beer. It was, I mean, it was rather, for us, rather large batch. It was 4,000 liters that ended up in like 17 barrels. In the end, we th thought we'll release it like in 
three times. So we were picking like we we did a blending session and picking the barrels. That was for me one of the most exciting moments in brewing. Like we had you have seventeen samples. Uh, all those barrels had multiple breads from. So I think it was four to five strains of bread, and then they were mixed. They were either solo in a introduced into a single barrel or two or even three bread yeasts in the same barrel. So we ended up with around six or seven sets of barrel of two or three barrels, and they were not developing at the same uh, rate. So it was for me, it was awesome session because there was like five of us tasting 17 glasses in front of each one. And we were like picking which six barrels will make the first blend. And I mean, it was a great experience that, you know, we all wrote down notes and I, you know, everyone wrote his favorite barrel, taking into account <clears throat> that you will have other barrels left later on that you have to reproduce sort of the same-ish beer. So, you know, you cannot take just the six best barrels and blend them, which doesn't necessarily result in the best beer in the end. Even if the barrel tastes great, when you start mixing them, we notice that it Sometimes you just have to go back and blend in beer that you didn't think will work, but it added something to the blend that worked. So yeah, the blending is awesome thing with when when you have big barrel selection and as Brett said, it's it's cool. It adds adds one more step towards creating great beer. You do yeah. great recipe, you ferment it well, and then you can still mix it with five other batches and create completely different beer. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess normal brewing is, you know what's coming out of the thing because you've got it controlled down, whereas this gives you, you're kind of sculpting something out of... Yeah. Right. I I also uh, work with um, uh, some different recipes. Uh, some of them are... Uh, uh, pro- pro- project. The project of the recipe is uh, just for uh, a, a special barrel, aged, uh, barrel aging, uh, some other uh, recipes are uh, uh, special f- for blending, and uh, when when I have in mind uh, um, a recipes, uh, it can be um, a very high plateau, and uh, maybe it's not for uh, uh, for blending. Uh, other recipes are more uh, strange. Uh, for example, uh, in some res- uh, recipe of Imperial Stout, I use a lot of Munich malt. Uh, a lot, very a lot of them uh, eat, uh, but they are um, uh, thinked th- for blending. And uh, I, in my brewery, I I can work uh, with blend a maximum of uh, four barrels because uh, my my fermenter are small. And uh, when uh, when I, I blend four barrels is uh, for a special beer, uh, for example, the the Christmas Imperial Stout or uh, or something else. And it's a, it's a blend of some different uh, barrels. Most of the time, is, uh, they are bourbon or uh, rye whisk. Uh, but uh, I, I, I take in mind what, uh, uh, what different recipe it was. And, uh, of course, when I make a blend, um, I take in consideration uh, the, the final flavor and not the single flavor of the barrel. Uh, just just the, the final result is important for me. Did you ever consider using... Uh less than one full barrel for i mean you said your mixing vessel is four barrels so do you ever empty half of the barrel because you don't need more of that flavor and then 
do it something like Solera, fill it up with some either fresh, clean beer and just let the mix age further or, you know, no. just have the not beer to top up some of the kegs. No, not for now. Uh, when I use a barrel, I, I use all of it. Uh, I For now, I don't uh, have uh, never uh, use just half a barrel. And your uh, but, but I have in my brewery uh, a special fermenter uh, that is dedicated only for blending and it's a smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a fermenter where I can put uh, two barrels, uh, two, uh, of course, bourbon barrels, not uh, bigger. And it's a, so for some of the special beer uh, because uh, I use a, a special fermenter because it's smaller and uh, the, the volume of the liquid and the volume of the total fermenter is, um, is perfect, uh, mm -hmm. the, the respective volume. Because I force carbonated the beer, uh, I don't re-ferment in, um, uh, in bottle uh, with the secondary and um, I can easily... Uh, Force and carbonate the beer for uh, for have a good uh, sp sparkling, <laughs> good form and, and everything yeah. else. But uh, uh, for me, blending uh, some different barrels is just a new uh, new kind of work because uh, it's like maybe two years that I blend uh, different recipes because they need uh, a lot of time. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, when we um we we've done we've done this where we only needed. So we did a project called the Terroir Project, and it was done with uh, is, is a grape beer hybrid, um, mm -hmm. and we had 300 liters, 300 kilos or so. No, we had yeah uh, of grapes. Uh, so we foot crushed those, got to ferment, and then added some wort and let that ferment, and then we aged in in four barrels. Um, but and then we wanted and four unique barrels, quite different, and then. Um, to blend them, to do what you were just saying, kind of, we didn't want to blend all four together and, and, or just two or just three. So we wanted unique ratios from them. So we, so what we did was we, we filled kegs from the barrels. So we emptied the barrels into kegs. Um, and then, so then each barrel had, you know, kind of 12, uh, six, six, six kegs or seven kegs or something. Um, and then we blended from keg. So the, the remaining beer that wasn't in the blend was in a safe place, a nice oxygen-free safe place. And we actually still have some of those, and we'll use those on another kind of grape ale um, to, to bring some acidity cool. or some great grape beaners. Yeah, that's that's a good, cool method. Yeah, the kegs is a good one. I'd, I'd recommend that. It's really easy to do. Um, yeah. When, uh, when you transfer the beer from barrels to the to the keg or from the barrels to the fermenter, you just uh, purge with uh, CO2 or do you use a pump? Uh, um, that, that was a... One use a peristaltic pump. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, a peristaltic pump would be great. We we don't have that one. We have a, a diaphragm pump. So this um, is an air-powered, but um, no air comes in contact with the beer yeah. but uh it it, it it we we fill all of our lines full of co2 and as it sucks the beer out we're also putting some co2 to replace the beer mm -hmm. so that when it when it becomes dry and sucks all the beer out and some of the atmosphere in the barrel pushes through it sucks out co2 not not air yeah i just have a special rubber bung 
that I hammer and it has a large pipe through that siphon that can be adjusted in height and just put some CO2 pressure on the other end, no need for pump. You yeah, can yeah. even push the beer up or we will just forklift the, the rack with kegs, put it above the mixing vessel and apply slight pressure, just keep filling the, keg, the barrel with CO2 and it will transfer to the mixing vessel with yeah. ease, ease. And as you said, I consider that, I mean, some of the stuff is wild. I don't have a dedicated pump for mixed uh, cultures. I don't want to use the regular pump. We, I mean, for us, this is very small amount of beer. We make about yeah. 5,000 hectare a year, mostly hoppy, mostly clean, regular beers. So, yes, and we me, have dedicated, like yeah, we have dedicated equipment. Uh, usually we'll just hand bottle that stuff and uh yeah i just go without the pump after the any wild creatures i in, introduced <laughs> um where do you get the barrels like do you go in I, I guess do you go in like with you just tell someone send me barrels and then you try and figure out what beers you're going to put into it or do you have a, in your mind i want to try and put a beer in a particular type of barrel this year and then order those barrels or yeah we search i i personally search for certain type of barrels i want to try different ones we used with german whiskey some direct american bourbon barrels uh, some rum barrels usually i would source in europe because i, I don't want to deal with customs and import from the states so we use i think it is quite popular, Wilhelm Eder in Germany. I have some guys in Finland that also supply bourbon barrels and other stuff. Some barrels come from France. So for us, I would personally search for certain barrel right. through the cooperages. How about the other, the rest of you? I mean, Samuel, it sounds like you source all your barrels locally from local wineries, is it? Yes, uh, for the Farmhouse, yes. Uh, I use just uh, from the local winery, but uh, uh, for me, the, the other all the other barrels, spirit barrels, comes from uh, two uh, co cooperages. In the past, uh, I used uh, um, a Belgian importer, and sometimes they they had a very very wonderful barrels, uh, and from uh, a lot of different distilleries uh, from United States. Uh, now I start also to work with a French importer, importer that have less uh, distilleries but also good barrels. Uh, when I uh, choose the barrels for a beer, um, I uh, firstly choose the, the distillery uh, because uh, I, I drink uh, a lot of bourbon and uh, I, I also went uh, some, a lot of time to the United States. And have a little experience with with barrels, with uh, oak, with uh, charred, uh, with different uh, smell and taste. What they can give to beer. And uh, I'm looking uh, also from um, rye whiskey, bourbon, bourbon whiskey. But the the primary focus are the distilleries, and uh, they, that they must to be absolutely fresh bourbon barrels. So uh, I don't uh, buy them in the summertime just in winter, uh, for example, because the, the summer, uh, the hot temperature kills the, the flavor, kills everything for me. And uh, I, 
uh, I I work with uh, with those uh, mostly from France. They they come, but uh, uh, this is for the for the bourbon and rye whiskey. Also, I put some uh, special recitals uh, with a totally different character in uh, Porto, um, cognac, uh, sherry, different distilled, with totally different flavors. This is a little bit for experiment, but uh, I, I study my recipes just for go in those barrels. Um, so I, I am uh, happy what uh, the barrels taste now, and I will wait some other month to taste that then. But uh, for sure, I, don't, uh, I will not blend uh, different uh, barrels. Uh, like, for example, I, I will don't blend... Uh, um, Cognac to Porto to Sherry together uh, because uh, because they don't work for me. Um, right. Okay. Sorry, I'm just getting a message here from Alex. So he's having trouble getting on. Um, he's getting some weird message. Um, yeah, sorry, go on, Brett. I can, I can say something in there as well. The, so different, di- different things happen. So sometimes it, it might be an idea for a beer that we want to, want to make, want, want to drink, you know, a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout like like we're talking about then you know then then the finished product is what we want to create and then we build the recipe and the barrels we find the right barrels um, or other one other times we get a phone call or contact for about some amazing barrels you know we, we buy into the marketing of some salesperson saying i have some amazing red wine barrels do you want them um and we might if it's the right kind of time of year, right, right, right moment, then we'll, we'll get them and then we'll design a beer for the barrels. Um, but to, um, we, we started the brewery so that we could discover and so that we could make a beer called Modus Operandi. Uh, and this is a beer we've done from the very beginning. And the recipe design base beer is an English old ale, um, uh, red, red ale that's about 6% alcohol, very kind of sweet and rich. Uh, and then it gets aged um, in red wine barrels and bourbon barrels with Brettanomyces. And the Brettanomyces with the little bit of chocolate malt and all the crystal malt turned, creates this really sour cherry pie kind of character. The bourbon barrels, what we do, this beer is blended. It's not brewed. Um, so we have to do all those steps and then we have to let the beer age and mature and ferment before we can select the correct bourbon barrels that bring some vanilla and maybe some buttery notes uh, and then some red wine that brings some tannin, uh, some body and some structure and also some sour red wine barrels that bring some of the acidity. So together you get this like sour cherry vanilla pie kind of flavor uh really beautiful so that's an example of of kind of blending different types of barrels and spirit and wine and beer together for a for a specific intention um and i would say that one works really well but if it was a big bourbon flavor with a wine i don't know if it would work it's just very subtle so um to what to samuel's point like yeah, I don't know if you, you can't do that with everything, but some things you can. Um, right. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, for example, that uh, one of the best beer that I uh, I think I, I drink uh, 
it was from um, a small brewery in uh, in Vermont. Uh, the name is is a farm brewery. Uh, they have a project uh, that is called the House of Fermentology, and they they brew in the past a farmhouse that aged uh, both in uh, bourbon barrel and in red wine barrel, and they blend it together. Uh, it, it was just a, a little farmhouse uh, with a Brettanomyces with the Lactobacillus. Uh, uh, very very funky also and uh, the blend of the bourbon barrel uh, and the, the red wine barrels uh, offer uh, a lot of uh, um, wonderful flavor uh, very very different from the normal farmhouses but the the final result was very exceptional and this is an example that yes uh, also it, it is possible to do because you you can reach this is your dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can reach a flavor that that uh, with a single barrel aging you can't. Right. This, um, this is a, uh, also if you have the opportunity, the possibility. This is a, a very good uh, chance to to have a new flavor, new new layers of uh, tasting. Um, and and that's like you said, it's the same base beer that goes into just the different barrels. So it's purely what the barrels come out that you then blend to. Yeah. Yes, but uh, I also blend um, in my blends. Uh, for example, now I have a, a barley wine that uh, I will bottling next next uh, week. That is a blend of uh, uh, three bourbon barrels and one is an apple brandy, uh, American apple brandy. And uh, all of these barrels uh, give to me different characters, uh, different uh, smell, flavors, uh, different high alcohol content. And the final result is very good, but uh, it is a 25% uh, of a apple brandy uh, give to me something, uh, something more that I can I can have with uh, the other three three bourbon barrels. This is just an example, yeah. but uh, these are also different recipes, different beers, uh, different barrels. Okay. And do you think is there a kind of a minimum time that a, something should spend in a barrel? Or like does it you know that if it's less than that time it does nothing for it really or is there does it depend mean, on the minimum time you mean yeah like is there kind of like is there any point putting it in say six weeks or versus six months like is there a minimum time you think that it, it no. doesn't do anything otherwise you know i i think uh, when we are talking with uh spirit barrels and the big beers like imperial stout or barley wine we have to uh, this is just my opinion okay but you, you have to, to take in consideration, firstly, uh, the temperature of uh, the temperature uh, where they, uh, they aging, the difference of the temperature between the summertime and the winter time. For example, uh, you know that the barbon in Kentucky or Tennessee have uh, a lot of difference in temperature. In summertime, the temperature are very, very high. In the winter, they are very low. So you can extract from from the the oak and from the ambient uh, a lot of different uh, different uh, car- tannins character- characteristics different flavors and uh, in my beers uh, at minimum at least uh, i age them uh, uh, for uh, 12 to 14 to yes 14 months so i prefer to brew them in the springtime uh, age them for the first uh, part of um, maturation uh, in at hot temperature, uh, like uh, 25 degrees around, 
and then uh, the time uh, uh, during the time uh, I extract from from the wood, from the oak, from the charred all the um, all what the the oak can give to me the the flavors in particular. And during the autumn and winter time, uh, the the wood uh, is not. Uh, uh, I, I don't know the word in English. Sorry. As, um, sorry for my bad English, <laughs> but the, the wood uh, change uh, and um, the, the the beer is contract. No, you yeah. you can you can extract a different uh, different uh, flavor, and uh, it, this is a good time for taste the beer the winter time. So you can taste what um, in uh, eight ten months you you had, and then you can decide if. Uh, the beer is ready or uh, it's ready for a blend or is not ready or is in the right uh, way for uh, aging another six or ten months. So for me, mm, uh, depend on the recipe, but uh, um, the, at least it's a 12 months, uh, not, not less. Uh, I have in mind, uh, uh, also I have some beers that are studied and boiled uh, for a resting barrels uh, three or four years. Mm -hmm. So I started with a very, very high plateau, about 42, 43 plateau, and uh, um, with a more, um, more um, bitter, uh, uh, with less um, chocolate or dark malts, mm -hmm. and uh, with a very strong fermentation, strong yeast. Uh, I very high residual sugar, but uh, I choose the best barrels that I can. And... Uh, yeah. For me, three uh, three years, then they they can go. Why uh, I I do this because uh, I think uh, uh, I think that after three years of maturation, uh, you can have uh, some flavor that are very special, uh, like uh, like um, a, a liquor or something like this. I Alex, sorry, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> finally made it. You you persevered there. You were having trouble. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, guys. Uh, only my phone. I'm very goofy with IT. I prefer to bang barrels. Sorry for this. <laughs> well, just to do, so I'll just do a little reintroduction. So this is Alex from ASC Barrels. You're based in France, primarily. Right. Cognac. Um, we also have Brett here from the Wild Beer Company in England. We have Samuel from Brasseria della Fonte in Italy. And we have Andre from Zmaschka in Croatia. So, um, so yeah, we were just talking there about barrels and where they... Um, you know, we were actually just talking about the minimum amount of time a beer should spend in a barrel that we, um, Samuel, feel it's minimum of 12 months. I'm not sure. We, how about yourself, Andre and Brett? Is that what you, you feel? For the clean beers, I think you can get stuff after six months, depending on a beer. We, for instance, uh, reuse the barrels that, you, that uh, they had Russian Imperial Stout in them. We poured four and six point five percent porter beer mm -hmm. in it, so it was like third use of the barrel after the whiskey. So we used Russian Imperial and then the porter, and you could get significant amount of oak that, and mm -hmm. you could feel that the beer spends time in a barrel. It was it's actually a weak beer to barrel age mm -hmm. if you are not going wild, so there is a risk of uh, infection and stuff, but. The if the beer is weaker, yeah, you can you can rest it in a barrel shorter okay. and still get the results because you don't need so much of oaky flavor, wood flavor to overpower the ten percent beer with strong aroma to begin with. So we got results from six months up to a year, year and a half. I agree, that's 
sweet spot for clean beers, strong beers, but then longer aging goes, I guess, with wild. Maybe Brett will hear. I I don't have beer with Brettanomyces or mixed fermentation older than year, year and a half. Mm. We, we usually never left those in a barrel for more time. I think... Um, uh... Samuel, that was a great that was a great explanation of kind of the the lifespan and how you look at the seasons and everything. That was really good. I've never I've never said it in that way, and and it was really good. Thank you. It was a really good one. Um, but uh, there there are some uh, other breweries that don't don't think this. Chad. Um, right. So uh, there are uh, different kind of, uh, for example, whiskey. No, if you if you see the Scotch whiskey world you see that uh, they spend a lot of time in the barrels because the, the temperature are not a big, big, big uh, fluctuation between uh, winter and summer. If you see the, the world of room uh, in Jamaica, for example, they have a very, very big uh, difference of temperature between the seasons and they don't age uh, the room with, with a very long time. Yeah. Also, I... this is for the for the for the barbon. Uh, they don't spend uh, much time in the barrels. At least is four years for the straight. Yeah. Uh, if you if you go uh, with longer year, you, you will have a very very big angel share. No, you know. But all the flavors uh, that the whiskey will have at the end are very uh, concentrated. Mm. And you, we, you will have a very particular uh, barbon. Maybe I don't know if you, if you ever drink uh, Eagle Rare from Buffalo Trace. It's a, a very basic barbon, uh, very, not uh, not too expensive, but it's a ten years of aging, and it's for a barbon ten year is a lot of time. I I just back. So that's why I'm because I'm French, as you know, bad French. Uh, but no, no. Once again, thank you and sorry for for being so late. Um, I'm just back actually. I mean, uh, I talk with you from Cognac, but I'm just back from um, a big uh, European tour because we have we have coupage in Cognac, but we also have coupage in Portugal, Ukraine, and in um, Italy for specific barrel work. Um, in uh, from from uh, Portugal, we we manage few activities. We we renew some barrels, and this is something to speak about barrel aging, the time and uh, the condition for barrel aging, because uh, renew barrels in new era, especially for the bread. Um, but we also do um, we also age some barrels, means that we bring some uh, wine barrels, uh, red, white, sweet wine, and then we reintroduce them in cellars in Spain, um, like uh, Oloroso, Pedro Jimenez others, and in Portugal for Port, Moscatel, Madeira, the whole family. And, <clears throat> and so we, we, we age, they have a second life where they need to absorb the, the, the new wines, uh, mostly uh, sweet wine, uh, wine they've been mute by alcohol, the higher uh, residual uh, sugar. Those categories are we call finish. And I think it's very important, humbly, to dis distinguish barrel for which is going to build the skeleton of your beer, um, but also the wine and the spirits. You walk in a different way. It's very true that conditions are very important. Humidity, temperature, we can talk about that if you want. But first, 
um, barrel in there primarily bring the skeleton to this is where this is how your the beer just ferment is going to build the skeleton and then be able to absorb all the new aromas and uh, and also develop uh, bacteria and then we have those barrels at the beginning the exchange is mostly on tannin and uh, so tannin and flavor i mean i would say surface flavor of the the x barrel but then when egg change of structure is done after usually in between uh, six and, and six months and a year, but I mean, AI, let's say three and, and six months first and then longer if you want, but um, then it, they, they, they become finishing. And, and then uh, you will play with the symphony. I always compare uh, the barrel seller, whatever it's uh, four barrels or 400. So you will introduce more and more structure more or more, more and more uh, aromas and this is how at the end um, any single barrel of your cellar will be part of this symphony and will make your beer special because nobody has such a combination of different barrels and 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 then um, okay there is new babies coming in the family they, 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 they are just few yeah, weeks just but but they, it can be also barrels they here for 20 years i mean i'm just uh, right now i'm selecting special Moscatel and uh, yes. And, uh, and Madeira and some of the barrels, they're 20 and they're still alive. The big, the, the very important thing is the beer world is at the beginning only with bourbon barrel. Why? Because it's, and it doesn't, it doesn't sound so complicated, but, but it's very experimental because the bourbon barrels, the barrels, they absolutely exhausted. So it's very hard and it's harder and harder to find a good bourbon. Um, voilà, but I don't want to take the whole thing. So, uh, voilà, but it's, it's, it's very <clears throat> and, and and that's the word I use, the education. I mean, you, you, we need to educate the the, the, the brewers to barrels, uh, and especially new kind of barrels, not only uh, the bourbon. We need to educate the the, the barrel uh, in the cellar. And as I say, different use, starting for structure, going for finish, and then reintroducing. It's what I call educating the barrel in the cellar. And finally, we need to educate first because... I remember myself 20 years ago and uh, going to uh, to the um, to California and uh, and tasting some uh, some stouts uh, with bourbon finish and uh, we were having a football match in popcorn and everybody say well it's because the the the, the beer tastes like the popcorn well, but that was many that, that was a fault <laughs> and 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 many consumers they think uh, uh, some fault are co- uh, some some tastes are cool, but actually it's unclean beer because unclean barrel, and it's always a pain to see very good barrels going to poor quality barrels, and then the, at the end, I think it's, it's not good for everyone. I'm the bad yeah. boy, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's something you said there, and what Samuel was saying about the the seasons and the you know the way the temperatures that I always thought when I thought of barrel aging and stuff, it's in my mind it's always a, a kind of a cellar temperature, it's a constant temperature, but I kind of never thought that you can you know the original use of the barrel could be at different temperatures and then the beer itself you can you don't have to temperature control it and also abv ab it's uh if you start with too high ab um it's like i mean you take a baby put the baby on the beach it's, it gets burned it's not used to the to the <laughs> to the the force i mean barrels need to go slowly to higher a and now we have more and more barrel fantastic barrel with high AB, super balance so you don't even feel it it's so smooth but same, I mean, uh, you need to, in cognac, for instance, some of the tricks of cognac is really taking care of how you use the wood to the ABV and, and vice versa um, to, to, make the, 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 to make the fusion as, as gentle, as elegant as possible. Yes, but um, 
I, I think is not only the, the ABV, the high coil content, but also is very important the residual sugar that you have inside. Is a, is a not because you can use a very attenuative yeast, but if you don't have the the sugars inside the beer, if you don't have a, like a liquor, okay, the the aging process is different uh, from yeah. from beer to beer, sure. and. Uh, for me, alcohol, yes, is very important uh, because uh, it's also um, a um, pre preservative, no? Uh, with, uh, with the right pH also as another uh, important thing to mm -hmm. take in mind. Mm -hmm. But also the residual sugars are very important. I, pre I prefer to age the beer uh, with a high residual sugar. And uh, mm -hmm. from the start uh, of the aging, day one, I have, for example, just a number, uh, 18 plateau. Uh, at the end of of aging, uh, after uh, maybe uh, sixteen or seventeen months, uh, I have also uh, seventeen plateau. Just one plateau go down, but the the, high, the plateau is also very very high. So, oh. yes, this is just an example. But uh, no, it's, it's fantastic. No, 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 that's why we're more and more interested with all the sweet wine, like as I say, sauté and banyuls, moscatel. Madeira. Yes, they, they are very it's sugary. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, because this is the fuel of the beer, and 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 then we can speak about time of it because with this kind of residual sugar, you can play on the long term with much more uh, complexity. Yeah. Wow. And how I do want you to come and see you? I want to you. I mean, I'm, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> Samuel. In the plane. I'm coming tomorrow. I got to say, Samuel, your brewery and your 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 farm looks beautiful. It looks an, an amazing yes. place to visit. I, I, <laughs> I am I am lucky because uh, <laughs> I live uh, and I work in a wonderful place, and uh, I live also uh, where uh, in a winery uh, region. So you can mm. come here and drink the best wine if you if you want if you like wines. I, I live in here. Yeah. I, I maybe you uh, know uh, Chianti, Brunello. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Montepulciano, yeah. this this area is famous for wine. So where where we are, we we're also in the countryside. Uh, it's a lot larger farm uh, mm -hmm. brewery, but um, our uh, um, neighbors and our landlords, who we rent our buildings from, um, they are second generation or third generation, I think, uh, cheese makers. Oh, uh, wow! And they they make some uh, one of three slow food recognized um artisan cheddar it's amazing cheese beautiful they have a cheese cave this five thousand cheeses in there with an automatic robot that turns them and outside there's, there's we have our buildings with with you know the barrels and then um, there's more there's more cows and sheep than there are people in the building <laughs> um, in. so it's, it's a beautiful space and we do a cheese and beer festival every year um and coming up in may so you can all come and be my guest it's That's great. Thank you. Well, you have very good music very yes good music. <laughs> yes we do actually yeah yeah we yeah we have a uh, world-class uh elton john impersonator coming <laughs> yeah, it's really good this year. No, no. It's 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 fantastic. I mean, uh, I mean, we, I mean, let's call it the after COVID. I hope so for everyone, and uh, we will be traveling again. Uh, 
many collaboration um, on the yeast, on the wood. Um, it's uh, we're so lucky in, in Europe to have this diversity of uh, terroir um, and also, um, um, uh, we say, in a bridge in between uh, the wine, the spirit, the, mm. the cheese, the, so many things. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, the, the, you were speaking mostly about barrel, and I, I really welcome everyone. The barrel is is nothing. You you make the job. I mean, I'm just the provider of the vessel. You are the driver. I but provide uh, the car. Sorry, <laughs> my, sorry, my my question. You uh, you say that you live uh, where in part of France in Cognac. I live in Medivh. I live where I have a cooperage. So yeah, the main cooperage is in Cognac. Correct. Yes. Yes. But the, we have the also name of the cooperage is uh, ISG Barrels. Right? Barrels. Yes, yes, yes. Because um, I buy some barrels uh, in another cooperage that is uh, also in Cognac region. Okay, what's the name? Quercus. Ah, Quercus. Quercus is not really a bridge. Sorry. To... No? <laughs> it's, uh, it's someone who selects barrels. Uh, ah, okay. Where, where others build barrels. It's more like a, a broker, but I don't want to make enemies. But... <laughs> a broker, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I will contact you next time. <laughs> No, 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 I don't want, you know, the world is big enough for everyone, but it's also very important. It's uh, the traceability on barrel became, a, I think, uh, thanks to the new generation of brewers, because everything became, the traceability became super important. Uh, and um, before uh, we had only very, okay, uh, sellers were releasing barrels. They were telling you, wow, bon, I have some barrels before harvest read up. Would you like to take some? We were good friends with the winemakers. The wine was great. We'll say, well, okay, I take the barrels as soon as you rack them. But <clears throat> discover with the precision of the new generation of brewers. And beer is way ahead of spirits, wine, everything in terms of precision because of the, the clean environment. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a winemaker, a former winemaker. That was a shock for me. Um, I learned in uh, Bermondse with the crazy... Uh, team of uh, brew by number kernel and etc yeah. and I, that was a shock to me that was a second life as a winemaker yeah. to discover um, um, the, the this precision and uh, and and that's actually why I came to the barrels because they are difficult with barrels and I say well if I'm able to give more consistency on providing the barrel if I'm if I'm if I'm able to give them all the information the level of their barrel age be according to the level of their clean beer And it took us almost 10 years to get that. And that means that you need to build relation with every single seller. The sellers need to be very honest and give you the, the forest, the tree, the cooperage. Uh, and then you need the quality control. So the time of brokers where people were just moving barrels with trucks from A to B, it's over. Because too many problems, too many difficulties, too many beers uh, to be, to be, um, to be um, trashed. And, and now we're able to do that. And that's why see collections, different, I mean, the, the, all the experienced brands, now they have their speciality, this kind of, of, uh, of barrels. And they don't, the time for experimentation, in my view, is, is gone. <clears throat> and, and, um, and I see also big formats coming more and more. Because, like for the wine, at the beginning, the wine was looking for wood flavor. And now we look more about the structure. This is the discussion we had. So mm. the, 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 the beer should not be dominated by the barrel, be the opposite. The barrel should be just the, the, the vessel who help the beer to enhance. That's it. Complementary. Yeah. yeah. And are you always very about barrel long. That's probably why you invite me. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, but first, we have so good relations with all our barrel family from worldwide. I'm very to that. 
Um, you all invited to the Barrel Summit. Every two years, we, we make a, a, an event, which is a real capsule uh, of uh, uh, brewers, uh, distillers, winemakers. We put ourselves in a bubble. We disconnect from clients, stress, everything. The idea is to exchange maximum on the technique, on what we progressed since last time. Uh, bringing also some, some consultant uh, research this year. We released the second uh, page of, uh, of University of Leuven. So about the exchange between wood and beer. Uh, we will have also a lot of other development. And, and also a lot of brewers are going distilling now. That, this extends their knowledge on the barrels because if you're an excellent brewer, you know how to make good beer to make whiskey. Uh, or if you are an excellent winemaker, you know how to make good wine to, to, to make brandy. And, 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 and now the, the circle became so um, um, efficient because of, of this. I think we need to really to open more and more the the, the, fusion, the exchange in between the, 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 the beverage uh, producers. Voilà. Before I forget, look, we, we have a question here. I'm just going to bring it up. I think you might have answered to Daniel just showed up anyway. That if you're aging, uh, aging a big batch of beer is, I think we kind of touched on this. Do, do you run smaller experiments to, to manage those beers? Because I know, Samuel, you were mentioning that you take it out and test it after you know, eight months and so. And how about the rest of you? Um, so, I, I, yeah, I did I did type up an answer pretty quickly, and my spelling is really bad because I was typing so fast. But um, um, my answer to that is uh, so sometimes I'm, I may do some experiments, and at the very beginning, yes, I did, definitely. But you, you, you cannot replicate, or I haven't been able to replicate, the, the combination of factors that... A, that an oak cask creates you from the temperature of your cellar, the season that you're brewing in, or you're aging in. So the temperature and the humidity, the oxygen exchange, the specific qualities or or lack thereof qualities of that particular barrel. It might not be put together very well, or it could have been dry. Um, so and as well as the micro organisms that might be in there so it's really difficult to replicate what will happen the experiments that i have done have been more a uh, to help indicate and to help um create some do i want this flavor this style of beer to go into french oak or american oak so very basic questions not not the big picture um and that, that can help me understand, do I want an American wine barrel or a French wine barrel? Um, uh, or maybe something very different that, that uh, barrels are not necessarily or difficult, or maybe you cannot get too many barrels of different types of wood. Uh, so some trials or tests, different, different toast levels is a good example of using a small, small um, trial, medium, dark, um, using infrared to toast the barrel versus uh, direct fire or using a baking indirect heat versus direct heat. Um, you know, all these things create different flavor and different um, charring Maillard flavors come out of the wood by these different techniques from different cooperages. Um, and small trials help give you an educated guess to what you will get. But it's all educated guesses until you put it in the barrel. Right, so there is no way to predict. You're just, but then that's I, my answer. Yeah, for me, I think that uh, there there is a big difference. Even, I mean, on a 
just simple regular beer like pale ale you have dif- you'll have the difference on how big the equipment is and you'll never get the same result from the home brew test kit 20 liters and then from the 20 hecto or even bigger system so i agree with brett that here i mean you can't do that you can have educated guests at best you just have to i mean experience and time will give you knowledge that you will drive the beer in a certain way and then it's a life process depending on so many variables that you cannot i mean how can you test five years of aging and then oh after five years you'll say okay now i'm gonna do the real batch like maybe that kind of beer will not be even popular then and you don't want to make it anyway so i think the special with barrel stuff you just risk the barrel and then Maybe the barrel is bad. Maybe the barrel will leak. Maybe, mm. you know, it will simply be infected and turn out bad and you have to dump it. So I don't think that small scale experiment will give you a lot of experience. I mean, start as soon as you can. Prepare to dump a lot of beer. <laughs> Build you have- your barrel program. Be- um, and, and I totally agree. Total, totally agree with that because, I mean, the, the problem of the small scales is, is um, you don't have the, the environment to, to, to be comfortable. And that means that uh, the way the bowel with liquid alcohol is, is usually very rough. Same thing for, so aromas rough, the structure very, very rough. And then you build your, you build your experience on settings they're not real. And um, we, we were talking previously that I see um, a format of barrel getting bigger and bigger. There is more and more demands on furthers, like which are very hard to find quality furthers. Uh, and this this follow basically the same things we've been through with the wine. We we start with small barrels and we're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, there, there there is compromise. I think uh, like for for what we're doing with the beer around 400 is very nice, is very nice, and and it's comfortable. Means you can still if the beer is going in the direction that you don't want, there is way to to drive it. Yeah, talk to me about folders because what difference do they make between a barrel? Is it? I mean, they're obviously. Are they not just big barrels? Like, or... yeah, they, yeah. Go. Uh, so, so we our our fooders that we use. Um, we have four identical ones, or or, or it's close. You know, they they're they're the same. Um, they they're all. We have five total, and they're all French oak. But um, I was able to get them from uh, two different wineries out of California. Um, French oak went to California, back to and now to England. Um, and carbon, they, no good. Carbon, no next time on the selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, they, we use these. Um, we like to use these in different ways. Um, uh, two of them we use to ferment beer in, so more like a whiskey washback. Um, but they're like a slower fermentation and um and that does not mean we will not age beer in them but um but generally we do not ferment in the other three um then one of which is reserved purely for our spontaneous beer we will leave our beer out overnight to be inoculated by our local area and then we will put it inside this fooder and it it ferments um Another one we have almost dedicated to a, 
the beer called Modus Operandi. And we use this as a as a almost a pre-blend. Well, we blend oak barrels into the fooder and it will sit there in kind of a intermediate stage where the, the blend is not perfect, but it is everything except for the acetic acid or acetobacter that, that makes that beer really sing. It's like a balsamico character, but we do not put those barrels into this fooder because we don't necessarily want a big bacteria population. So we blend into there. And so based on sales requirement, we, we then go, oh, we need to put some of this beer in barrel. So we will take half of the fooder out into a tank and we will then go to our barrel library and find the correct barrels exactly like um, like uh, Alex said is the perfect analogy that we use all the time is the symphony because that blend is good. It's a nice music to listen to, but it doesn't have that crazy, what we say is a crazy shit barrel, like just off the charts that it would not taste good on its own. But as parts of a blend, it's the big symbol or the big drums that make it make your make your skin excited. And that, those barrels get blended in at the last moment. So our fooders, we've kind of found certain uh, bacteria that we have segregated the fooders to so um, so that they age well. I would like to help those that are in the program and they're not so familiar like we are with playing with the barrel and the, 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 the bread and all this because uh, many brewers, they're very afraid about going to this new era. And, uh, and, and it's very, I mean, through, through um, difficulties at the beginning because the education uh, was not there. And for sure, that was the beginning that we talked about 10 years ago, like people like brewers, they were asking, for instance, they say, well, I would like a, a vat. So I would like a cognac vat. So the cognac, the vat are those verticals. <laughs> so that's why we call them vat. And in, in the cognac or in the wine, they're for blending. Huh? So you can use them for fermenting at the beginning of the process, but you can also use them to, to blend before, uh, before getting to other barrels or to the bottling. Um, and... Uh, and some brewers, they were, they were buying that, uh, fermenting fair their, their beer. But then they realized that they had no protection from, from the oxygen. And that was a, just a disaster. And, um, and then, I mean, we start to introduce stainless steel equipment that we can set up, adapt uh, that, but they're not at the beginning. Um, and further, same thing. I mean, further, beautiful. Uh, the exchange, the, the, what we call the, the vortex inside the further is fantastic because of the oval, which friend of anything we get in a barrel or in a vat. But, but it, they're also uncomfortable when it's time to uh, clean the further, to rack the further or to, to be clean. It's, 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 it's a big challenge. And, uh, and also they get dry and faster than the, than the vats when, uh, when they empty. So brewers need, uh, need uh, a companion to help them to, to learn all these before they, they, they make mistakes. Because when you, when you, you, you fill a 10 hectoliters or 20, 20 hectoliters, you're going to cross the Atlantic with the beer. So you better be prepared. So uh, I think it's super important, super important. There is still many, many brewers that don't know the difference between VAT, uh, feathers, and this, we have to be simple and just, and I'm always here to answer questions. Okay, that's my, I dedicate my, my time now to, to this. Uh, we have excellent team, so I'm very thankful that 
the, 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 we, we work horizontal that I don't need, I don't need to be behind everything. And, and, and I'm, I'm, that's why I think only barrel man, because I'm here to fix problems and barrels problems all the time. This is not the exact science. We have to be super humble. Anything can happen anytime. And it's a teamwork. It's super important to get the feedback from the brewers to, uh, to, to, to keep progressing on, on, on barrels and, uh, and wood. We're talking about that. I, I mean, I've got you here in over an hour and 20 minutes, so I better let you go soon. But um, maybe I can ask, because that, that leads into something that I was asking. Where do you think barrels, barrels, barrel aging, barrel fermenting is going in brewing? Because it, like maybe even now, but definitely a couple of years ago, I think it would have been said that, you know, People were taking it and it was just like, you know, bourbon barrel aged or rum barrel aged. And there was there was no concept really what from the consumer side what what it meant other than look, it sounds cool, you know, and maybe but do you think there's a way some way, like you said, like there's different barrels from different spirits, different wines. Is it going to get into, you know, it was this particular barrel from this particular vintage of wine or that the blend is coming in, or how's it gonna I will make it very simple. I think we're going to barrels is where we go. Clean barrels, clean barrels. The time for experimentation with so many beer, they, they, they went to the market because they had to, I don't think they were really proper for this. We're going to very clean beer. The knowledge is increasing very, very quickly. Brewers learn super fast and they also open new way of using the barrels of blending. And because of this precision in brewing, we, we, we're going into clean barrels. That's, 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 this is where we go. I think when you like, say when you say clean barrel, you mean barrel never used for other spirit or drink before, or no, no, no. What do you consider a clean barrel? I consider a clean barrel a barrel which is not going to make me bad surprise. So a barrel that I know before I put my my beer on it, I know exactly. I have I have um, I have a, I know where we're going together, and it's no more guessing. Oh, it's going to be fantastic, or it's going to be. Uh, a disaster. But this is true. This is very true that I don't, I don't new barrels on beer. Uh, we were talking about the sugar, but different sugar, different structure. Uh, I don't believe so much on this. Abel, uh, uh, X wine barrel, X spirit barrel, they've been prepared. That means take apart the barrel. You very traditional. You don't use actually the, 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 uh, the, 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 eh, eh, you, you don't shave with machine electricity. You, you're not industrial like you can be on the spirit. Um, uh, and the idea is the you keep all the inside the, the staves and the staves are usually 27 millimeter, 22. So you keep that nice cake with all its flavor, you clean the surface of the, the barrel of all the, the, the deposit. They actually reduce the, the exchange in between the beer and the barrel. So basically shave the, the, in the sense of the vein of the wood. So then the tannin from the wood and also from the, 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 the wine get rid of it. And, and then there is a science of toasting. There have been some bad experiences, but this is also progressing in a very good way. And, um, and, and, and then you have exactly this combo in being flavor from the ex-continent, uh, quality wood, fresh wood, and the toasting, which produce other things like spice, but also a filter to a lot of things. Um, this is where we're going uh, right now. We've seen a lot of programs with this, uh, especially on, on actually on, on sour beer. Um, and from a light toasting to a, a heavy toast, you can make fantastic. And it has nothing to do with bourbon barrel, actually, because bourbon barrels are char. The car you carbonize the surface inside, and then you kill the veins of the wood, so the exchange is absolutely different. And and I believe 
I believe, underperformed this. Um, I see more and more with, once again, big format. If you to visit, you have the chance to visit places like uh, Bristol Beer Project uh, and the Dancert Cellar. It's fantastic what they're doing there with, uh, with uh, a symphony of different format, uh, different uh, X-Wine, and the residue is in the bottle. So I see also barrel-aged beer more and more on tab- tables of, uh, of um, um, uh, high cuisine, uh, gourmet restaurants, more and more uh, barrel-aged beer for me are better than some wines and definitely cleaner, no sulfite, no Arabic gum, no all those shit that make you sick the next day. And, and beer is, is so nice for this. I mean, I don't drink myself. I, I've been in the wine and big houses 25 years. I don't drink any more wine. I drink beer. Everybody knows me, knows it. So that's it. Voilà. Actually, you, you jumped into something into my head there before I let you go. I'm going to have to ask something else. <laughs> because well, I got an interesting one for the next steps. Of- okay. Beer. So very, very quick, the the two, two. One is, I think, the next steps in barrel aging. You know, we we all know what big impact of spirits are on on imperial stouts or other things, and you can really this is kind of you can go to a brash perspective uh, way, just like uh, IPAs and imperial IPAs. Um, it's like cooking with butter. It's gonna be good. Yeah, uh, yeah. generally. Uh, but beauty and elegance is is balance and uh, the crescendo of all the flavors coming together. The malt, the yeast, the oak, the oxygen, all these things coming together. And that this the 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 education and the experimentation, like Alex is saying, I think of all the brewers and the clean barrels, like you're saying, it's not just the barrel, but it's the experience of knowing that this type of barrel, just like um, uh, was talked about before brewing in the in the winter so you get the summer season and the next winter season so you get that expansion and contraction all that experience to make the beautiful beers are what going is going to be the next step the next stage of of barrel aging and blending of beer but on the wild side very left field is this week we made a beer where we took the heads off of some barrels they're still watertight and we mashed inside the barrel with all the grain and then we cooked in a in a in a brick oven some earth like some rocks to get really really hot and then we used these rocks to manage the heat of the mash and to decoct the mash in the oak barrel to bring more more flavor from that and just something different so using old medieval way of brewing in barrels. So like oh, Louis Pasteur. Brewing. It sounds like Louis Pasteur. It sounds like we're back to the past and Louis Pasteur is back. So. No, <laughs> this, that, that was three days ago. We did that three days ago. So using so, barrels to wait, wait, brew should we, beer. Like hot tubs with, with vats. It's yes. exactly the same process. So this, we make good beer and we have a good vats together. <laughs> and did Alex, you the, did I like you, this idea. Alex, I would love to get a, a retired... Uh, vat that is no longer good for beer or spirits, and I can make a vat for my back garden. 
So this is oh, great. Yeah, I love this. It's my, it's my gift. That's a, I got to ship it next week. No I, will, I will make this, and it will be my 15th year anniversary present to my wife. So we can talk <laughs> after this. This, is, this okay, would make I'm, her... I'm your man. Teamwork. We do it. She will be happy. Just, and just I, will, a... I will come and visit. I, mean, oh, I, I, I know your place is fantastic. Beyond the hot tub and like this, fantastic. There is place, actually, in central Brussels, there is place where... They have very nice uh, vat, a bit the uh, wood tub, and you take beer bath, and, and it's not a joke. It's real no. beer, and the beer is good. You can take your glass and up. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I want to take drink beer I've been sitting in. <laughs> I would do this. I would do this. Come, I mean, come. From, it was, it's a, what a fantastic session. Thank you so much. I feel very bad. I was sorry. I'm, I'm so goofy with the, the, the IT things. Uh, I, I would like to meet all, uh, each of you. Be my guest for the Barrel Summit. It's, it's not, I'm not promoting. It's a, the, the, the whole story came in really by chance and it's fantastic because of the community and we're so thankful. Please come, share. We would like to hear your, your, your experience. We would like to, uh, to test your beer with, with others. I mean, it's really brewers' events, as I said, and, uh, and uh, there is so much to learn from each other. And this is the future of great beer, actually, whatever barrel age or not, this, this exchange. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, there's actually, like I said, there's two things now I want to ask before. Brett, you, you just mentioned about the what you did with the, the um, beer. Did you put the, the stones into the mash, the hot yes. stones? Yes, but you should talk to, a, um, if I remember well, this is an old style of beer called the Stein beer. Right. Ah. Yeah, you yeah. should talk to, um, If I remember well, yes. It's um, um old old time beer, uh, yeah. old time style. Uh, yeah. It's like, for example, someone brew with a gruit without hopes. And uh, this was an old style beer where you put a very, very hot uh, stone inside the mesh yeah. for heat. It, the name is, uh, if I remember well, is the Stein beer. That's right. Yeah, I think it is. Like yeah. Yeah. But even they do the boiling uh, with the hot stones. So you get a lot of caramelization on the stone yeah. that will yeah. caramelize on, yeah. you know, red hot oh, yeah, stone yeah. and then dissolve <laughs> into the void back. So you get yeah. Yeah. all kinds of stuff. We, we, we did this as a as a part to make um, our ambition is to make the the world's best beer to pair with a sausage roll. Yeah, this is on going to be on YouTube in a few weeks. So um, so wow. you, you'll be able to watch it and see the, the caramelization, see the, the burning, but then also the boiling. Um, you'll be able to watch that. So I got distracted there on that one. Um, I wanted to ask because you just if I understood right from what you, you've all told me. When the barrels come in, I, I, I know I'm going back here and I should be letting you go, but I just want to clarify this. So maybe, Alex, you have the cooperage. So when you get the barrels in, from what Brett had told me earlier, you sometimes you take them apart and maybe add staves and you, you do some work to them. I think that's what you, you both kind of told me. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So okay. what, what, what you want to know? So what I'm thinking is if you're taking the staves and that, would you ever think, or is there a place for a mixed barrel where you take a stave from... A bourbon barrel and one from a rum barrel and one from and make a new barrel. We've been doing that. It's, it's, it's fantastic and actually it's uh, it's not so uh, fancy. It's it's a reality. Like uh, okay. <coughs> we have some. I mean, it comes because for new barrel, uh, the the blended uh, wood is usually the best. If you focus only on one forest, you it's it's one dimension and you need different 
different tannin, different flavors. And when you toast, and the reason why you toast the barrel actually is to homogenize the, the, the different members of the family. So they get the same toast and you get a profile. But the same thing can happen with uh, actually uh, assembling a barrel from X stays. And we, we do it actually. We do it. We do, we, 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 do, we and, uh, and it's, it's, it's nice, but once it is where cooperage became an art, we toasted it because if you, if you don't, if you don't manage, the, then you can, the, the profile is never controlled. You need to have a very high feel on toasting to be able to reproduce that profile. And that's actually going back to where, where we're going with barrel age beer. It's, it's, it's the big challenge. Uh, the beer is so pre- the, the, the beers are so precise now, and it's such a live animal that my job uh, is to in the shade and bring barrel with consistent profile. As I said, it's no more the time where uh, brewers asking for, for a wine barrel or spirit barrel, and, and you have, uh, you, you get 10 barrels and they are all at the beginning. Some of them were saying, Oh, this, where it's, it's nice because this yeah, diversity. diversity. But at the end, wow, in the long term, where when your, your followers, they like this specific recipe, they like this specific profile, and you're not able to meet back, you lose the loyalty to, to your consumers. So it's super important to be, to, to be able to bring, and, and the traceability is the only way to do it. That means that every year, if you're doing your, I don't know, you're going to this Imperial Pilsner and you want to age it with uh, cognac barrels and let's say some Burgundy barrels, what I will do is I will go to the same cellar and I will, I will book the same barrels from the same forest, same cooperage. And, and, and then in our cooperage, we will prepare the barrels to be consistent this way. So in the education, it's also very important to understand that if you want good barrel as brewer, they have to to quality control. If they just come from the cellar of the winery, even your good friend with the the owners and the wine taste fantastic, you will have a lot of bad bad surprise because the bowel will need to be inspected in the in its bacteriology. It need to be inspected on leakage. If you don't want barrels, they leak. It's a pain. Um, and, and and then they then they, they also need um, a, a constant profile. This only cooperage which has skills on used barrel can do. And the problem is. Uh, in Europe, we have less and less because the the big industry of new barrels they're not interested in. Why they will spend? So, they, they will they will make a, a short margin on uh, on used barrel when where they can make 400 euros per new barrel. Is, for them, it's just you don't you don't want this barrel anymore. Buy a new one. It's the so the good thing with brewery and and, and craft distillery is because they have understood that. It's over trash the barrels. I mean, a barrel is uh, is between 100 and 300 years old, and you will use it only for a few months, and then you trash it. It's a scandal. It's absolutely a scandal. So you and I always say we all start uh, poor, and and uh, we don't have the money to buy cheap. So you better buy good barrels with good traceability and keep them for forever, and you can really do it because, as I said, they will have all your DNA, all your signature, and. And this is also our job, not only to bring barrels, but take care of the barrels. That means uh, uh, it, it's time where you need to repair, you need to, you need maybe to shave and retoast, uh, and you will develop other profile. Uh, we're here for that too. Okay, so perfect. Voilà. Sustainability and it's not to be green. It's just because we have no choice. And 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 um, and maybe another session we will talk about tannin because with beer we. We allow it to use tannin. Tannin are un- absolutely, um, um, say, uh, um, uh, clean. 
I'm losing my English. Uh, uh, it's only good infusion. And, and, and then we, can, we will be able to develop other discussion around, once again, structure and, and aroma and how you combine this. Because in the future, the demand is so big. There is so many brewery, distillery coming everywhere. It will be impossible to provide everyone with barrel. And it's better now to, to start to, to learn how to combine and, uh, and barrel. And when I speak about tannin, I don't speak about alternative, okay? The ships, whatever they are, and make friends, but I don't care. Uh, ships, they are all the same. You know, whatever it's a stave, a sheep, a cube, a, 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 a bull, they, the, the flavor, they change, it's, it's all the same, but it doesn't work with structure. This is not going to make your beer long tail this is not going to make your beer competing with the best wine on the table it's just going to flavor in your beer in the short term but sorry i speak okay no no i think that is <laughs> probably a good place to leave before i hold you for another hour um mm-hmm. so listen guys you were brilliant um you obviously all know your stuff very well and um thanks a million for taking the time to to explain it and to um to just take the time to, to come on and talk um yeah, I don't know. Is there anything I should have asked you? Just make sure I didn't miss anything. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for everybody who's... Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you all, guys. It was a pleasure. All right, well, listen, thanks a million. Um,